Welcome to the Nothing But Net podcast. Before we start our episode, we must start with the Kyrie Irving situation that has arisen during the past week. On November 3rd, after not being able to speak with the media for a couple of days prior, Kyrie would not apologize nor admit that he didn't have anti-Semitic beliefs. Shortly after the press conference, the Brooklyn Nets suspended Kyrie Irving for at least the next five games. The statement from the Brooklyn Nets can be found on their Twitter on November 3rd. In short, the Brooklyn Nets said, We were dismayed today. When given an opportunity in a media session that Kyrie refused to unequivocally say he has no anti-Semitic beliefs, nor acknowledge specific hateful material in the film. This was not the first time he had the opportunity, but failed to clarify. We are of the view that he is currently unfit to be associated with the Brooklyn Nets. We have decided that Kyrie Irving will serve a suspension without pay until he satisfies a series of objective remedial measures. <clears throat> On November 2nd, the Nets and Kyrie Irving each donated $500,000 to the Anti-Defamation League. After Kyrie's press conference on November 3rd, the Anti-Defamation League declined to accept the donation with a statement saying, We were optimistic, but after watching the debacle of a press conference, it is clear that Kyrie feels no accountability for his actions. A couple hours after the suspension was released by the Brooklyn Nets, Kyrie Irving finally apologized on his Instagram page. You can find the full apology on his Instagram. In short, Kyrie stated, to all the Jewish families and communities that are hurt and affected from my post, I am deeply sorry to have caused you pain. And I apologize. I initially reacted out of emotion to being unjustly anti-Semitic instead of focusing on the healing process of my Jewish brothers and sisters that were hurt from the hateful remarks made in the documentary. Nike has suspended Kyrie. It will not release the new Kyrie 8. After a week full of saddening events, it is important that we talk about this situation. This is bigger than basketball. There is absolutely no place in this world for any kind of hate. The world is a better place with diversity. Our differences should bring us together, not separate us. Using hate due to race and religion should not be tolerated. In these moments, we need to educate ourselves and be better. Basketball is a game that brings many different races, religion, religions, and cultures together. It's a game that is supposed to embrace diversity. The NBA is arguably more diverse today than ever before, and that's why it is in such a good place today. Nothing but Net NBA podcast featuring Jamie, Mike, and Steve. And we are back for another episode here on the Nothing But Net podcast. I am your host. Here with me are my two point guards, as always. Mike, we'll start with you. It's been a uh, quite the week here in the NBA. It feels like we're a lot further in than we are, but here we are. How you doing, my guy? Doing good. As I told you both, I was gone for the weekend, so I had a little bit of catching up to do uh, as far as some NBA stuff, but I feel feel like I've got a good gist of what's happened over the weekend now, and yeah, ready to uh, go for another pod here. Absolutely. Jamie? going on my guys the lakers are looking a little better and a little better yes sir we got a couple wins under our belts um all we need to do is put Russ on the bench and it's going to save our whole season um yeah i'm good man ready to ready to talk about another good week of nba ball yeah it's unfortunate we're doing this right before the Cavs lakers game but you know we'll get into that next week uh with that being said we're going to start here with you jamie um mike and i Obviously, it covered it, but uh, you obviously, you know, it's just kind of an emergency episode, kind of didn't really have a lot of time. It was a tough squeeze-in kind of thing. Just want to get your quick thoughts on Steve Nash being fired from the Brooklyn Nets. Yeah, just a quick thought um, on the worst take on Nothing But Net podcast thus far. Um, Steve Nash getting fired was 
honestly pretty surprising to me so early. Uh, we had talked about um, maybe him getting fired before Christmas, but um uh, turns out it's um, eight games in. So um, basically, the problem, in my opinion, with that whole situation stemmed back from as soon as he was hired and Kyrie came out and said, quote, I don't really see us having a head coach, adding that both him and KD could be head coaches on certain days. And I think at that time, he he lost the team because <laughs> we never heard anything about Steve Nash coming back and saying, no, I'm the coach. I'm going to be the coach. You guys, it comes down to me being the guy that tells you guys what to do. And I just don't think he was the guy for the job. Um, they need a hard-nosed guy that demands respect and holds everyone accountable. I believe they respected him as a player, but not so much as a coach. Um, and as you guys know, being a head coach is much more than X's and O's. And it has so much to do with being able to understand and relate to your guys. And I just don't think Nash did a good enough job. And just to end it, I think Nash is probably happy about being fired because I don't know any coach that wants to deal with that team right now. Yeah, and, you know, it hasn't happened yet, so it's going to be interesting. Um, but Ime Udoka, it was supposed to be the guy, and it kind of made sense, right? Because we weren't sure if Ime Udoka was going to be able to find another job ever again in the NBA. So with this great opportunity coming open for him, you know, it kind of made a lot of sense that that would be the direction they go. Um, but there seems to be a little, uh, they're pretty hesitant about it and they've played pretty well under bond. So it'll be interesting to see getting back to our question of the week last week here. The question was the Lakers currently sit at zero and five. When was the last time they started? zero and five, Jim, you got the answer here. Um, I don't, I want to say like 17 or 18, but I, I a little bit before that sure. it was 2014, 2015. Um, Hoop City 15 got it right again, and he also added that they are led by Kobe, Carlos Boozer, and Jeremy Lin. Mm. Um, so, yeah, I remember I mean, that year. <laughs> yeah, it's a squad in what, like 2011, 2012? Is that Lin Sanity? I can't remember, but uh, good days back in the garden. <laughs> but that being said, though, uh, first topic I actually want to talk about here is uh, Monday night. We get 30 NBA, or sorry, 30. We get 15 NBA games on Monday. All 30 NBA teams are playing. No one's playing on Tuesday due to election day. Just want to gather some quick thoughts. I actually think this is really cool. The NBA has been super involved in making sure people vote, trying to get people together to use their their voice, you know, at, uh, to use their platform to put out their voice, I should say. So with that being said, Mike, what do you think about this? Everyone plays Monday. Everyone has Tuesday off, kind of. Yeah, I think it's a, a good thing. Obviously, without getting too political, voting is an important thing in our country. And uh, the NBA has made that message very clear over the past couple of seasons. And, I, you know, if you were watching the NFL, they have also kind of made that message very clear that, you know, go out and vote and it's important. And uh, obviously that being Tuesday and to kind of uh, balance that out, you know, to keep up with schedules and this and that. Uh, they have everybody playing Monday night, and I actually think that's like a pretty cool thing. I think it's a lot of basketball to to digest in one day, but that's not a. I guess that's a good problem to have, so to speak. And maybe that brightens up some people's Mondays. You get the Monday blues. Yeah, well, every NBA team plays, so there's a lot of games to watch. So, um, yeah, it'll be fun to kind of bounce around and see what good games they are. Uh, just kind of see it. The, the league must be really buzzing kind of um, all the front offices and locker rooms and coaches offices and all that jazz must be really kind of uh, just buzzing knowing that it's such a huge day kind of for NBA basketball. So I, I, I agree with you. I think it's kind of a cool thing they're doing. Yeah, I agree. And as we probably should have mentioned this at the top, also it's veterans week this week. So thank you to all the veterans who serve for the country. Um, a lot of us have a short week, so I think, you know, I'll be staying up late. There's going to be a lot of great NBA games. It's something we're going to get into a little later, I believe, but so much going on. Jamie, what are your thoughts here on this? Everyone plays Monday, no one plays Tuesday on Election Day. Uh, I'm a fan. I like uh, the NBA seems to always um, 
at least try to make statements like that as far as um, Tuesday um, is more important than basketball, so to speak. Um, a lot of good games Monday and also a lot of good games Wednesday, so I'm pretty pumped for uh, this week ahead. Absolutely. And th- also, uh, yes, thank you to all our veterans. That's a uh, yes. huge, huge call on your part. Absolutely. Salute. Salute. Um, you know, just uh, we wouldn't be able to do, A, this or a lot of nearly anything that we do outside in our personal lives without that. So definitely needed to be brought up. Probably should have been brought up at the top. So I do apologize for that. Another thing here, I just want to know what's going on with the NBA here. Like, we got the Philadelphia 76ers sitting at 4-6, and six, the Miami Heat sitting at 4-6, and six, the Golden State Warriors at 3-7 three and six, three and seven now, sorry, and the Lakers are 2-6. and six. Kind of four teams that we thought would be playoff teams, maybe even title contenders outside maybe the Lakers in that group. Uh, Jamie, what's going on? I mean, especially when we're looking at, like, a Utah team that's 7-3, and three, the Blazers are 6-3, and three, there's just a lot of parity right now. Yeah, I mean to me it seems like the the teams the younger teams with um like superstars seem to be pushing out the LeBrons and the KDs and the Embiids and the Hardens and they just I mean the young teams are playing well. Utah still is baffles me. I mean I'm sure we'll get into it at some point. Um and I mean Washington's still playing all right. They got a couple bad losses as of late but yeah i think the this new regime of young talent is playing very well right now in this league mike your thoughts on what is going on in the nba right now i think it's kind of what we alluded to i believe the first episode here with your question asking is this the most talent the nba has ever had this year and I, I, maybe we're we're kind of seeing that unfold. That seems that really no team out there is a gimme. I mean, of course, there are some teams that do have losing records and they're more apt to lose. But it seems like you could get you could get got any night. And especially with the Jazz, I mean, we talk we've talked about fit a lot, and we've talked about guys who have kind of come into their role. Jazz are right as. as a team as a good example of that, that they seem to just be clicking on, on all cylinders and, and firing on all cylinders. And right now things are going well for them. And if they can keep that going throughout the season, that's just a great story for them. But yeah, I think it's just really reflective of the amount of talent and kind of what the NBA is today to see some of these uh, teams that kind of come from, I guess, out under the woodwork where we really didn't expect to be having this much success early on. So it's it's good for the game and good for the league. It just shows the depth of young talent, the depth of talent. You know, we've talked about this a lot. We've had the foreign foreign game has gotten so much better. We're getting a lot better players from overseas to come play. They're having these huge impacts on these teams. It just shows, man, how good the NBA is. And we – I knew – it was going to be good, but I didn't expect like some of these top teams to be struggling. The Golden State Warriors really stand out at three and seven, but it just shows you have to play hard every night. If you take a night off, they're going to be playing. If you're playing against a bad team, they're probably pretty young. So the young guys are going to play hard because they don't really know any better. They're still really young. They, they're they taking it all they got in the uh, regular season. So I just think that's where this is headed. But it, it's great for the NBA. It means you can turn on. I watched the game. It was Wednesday night or sorry. Thursday night, it was the Warriors and the Magic, and I was like, I'm probably not going to get much here. I was really excited for the Nuggets and the Thunder, and that was one of the best basketball games I've watched this year. Jalen Suggs is absolutely incredible. He had his best night, and it's just a beautiful thing that you can turn on any NBA game and see a pretty competitive basketball game. Still going to be blowouts, but that's basketball, especially with the three-point shooting. With all that being said, our question of the week, Lucas had at least 30 points in his first eight games of the season. Who was the only other player to do so? A hint, the the player that did do it did it twice. Uh, I have sent you guys the answer, so I'm not gonna I'm not gonna ask you guys. But um, we're gonna roll into some news and notes here. We have the big one. The first major star gets injured. James Harden suffers a right foot tendon strain, out for at least a month. Uh, we'll start here with you, Mike. What's this impact on the 76ers? Well, yeah. uh, it's James Harden, so obviously this is a you know. A- huge part of their offense but it 
they they're a team that flows very differently. I mean, their pace completely changes when like Embiid is out um, versus when he's playing. And I think now that Harden is out, I think they're going to, in my mind, they do probably have to change up um, a little bit of their offense uh, or their offensive game plan at least. And this this month or however long he'll be out for should really be a window of where Tyrese Maxey needs to kind of he and he's been playing very good this season, but he really needs to take hold of this team and kind of take on some of what James Harden can do and then some. And I know that's probably asking a lot of him, but Embiid's been off to like a I don't know I would call it like a mediocre start from what I I gather, and like I said, him on the floor they have a different feel versus when he's not, and I think that's going to be the same case with James Harden. I think they're going to have to play a very different style. Um, and they probably naturally will just because James Harden's very ball dominant and dribbles the, the air out of the ball at times. So it'll be interesting to see kind of how they react to that and uh, what they do. But I do think they need to change up the game plan a little, at least offensively. Their first game was just the other night against the New York Knicks without James Harden. They also didn't have Joel Embiid, but you could tell they were playing much faster, much more aggressive. They almost beat the Knicks. Um, and the Knicks have been a pretty solid basketball team for those who haven't been keeping up um, better than I expected they would be. But, you know, they fell short. But you could tell that there was just a different kind of urgency without James Harden. I'm still not really that worried about the 76ers yet. It's early. Um, I, they're under the microscope early here. But they need to get J- Joel Embiid back, and they need to get him right in back into this lineup. Jamie, thoughts on the 76ers missing James Harden for the for the next month? Yeah, um, I mean, I'm kind of with you on how um, it, it's just naturally, um, both of you, I guess, naturally going to, the ball is going to move faster when he's not there because he has the most dribbles in the league by, by far. Um, they had, it's kind of shitty for them because they had just won a couple games in a row. It seemed like they were just kind of, I wouldn't say starting to break it open, but I mean, they were, seemed like they were making baby steps. Um I don't necessarily think this is going to hurt them that much. Um, offensively, a little bit as far as just scoring. But I think defensively, having him not out there, will they'll be a lot better defensive team. That's pretty much all I got on that one. Yep, no doubt. So, interesting to see. We had some... Some bad, some bad news last night. Cam Johnson tears his meniscus. He's been a big part of the Suns. Um, really going to start to test their depth here. It, it's definitely going to impact them long term, but um, we're going to see. I mean, Jay Crowder hasn't played, and he's been wanting to get moved. Now it kind of makes sense to find a way for Jay Crowder to get back into this lineup. Chris, Chris Duarte will miss the four to six weeks with a grade two ankle sprain. Uh, just playing well, playing hard on a you know, Indiana's not the best team, but they're they're just a young team who plays hard every night. Ben Simmons has a sore knee, missed all week. Still no timetable for his return. No one ha- really has a clue. Uh, I think Brooklyn fans are pretty worried about what's going on here. As we know, Ben Simmons will just go missing. Um, Nikola Jokic passes Wilt Chamberlain for sixth all-time on the triple-doubles list. And Boyan Bogdanovich in the Pistons agrees to a two-year, $39 million deal. Boyan's been extremely great for them. I think he has like the most threes in the first six games in Pistons history or, or something wild like that. Uh, he just fits really well with that team. So good for him. Go get your bread. With that being said, guys, let's roll into our takeaways from week one here. Jamie, I'm going to start with you. What's your take or week one? Geez. What's your takeaway from the past week? I like what I'm seeing from the Atlanta Hawks. Um, they seem to be playing at a really high level. Uh, Trey's averaging 28 and 9. Um, and that's with him having the most missed field goals in the league right now, which says something hopefully that decreases and his points increase um, for my MVP pick. I'll just keep putting that in there. Um, it seems like Trey last night too. Yeah. Yeah. He's playing well. Um, it looks like Trey and Capella have really good camaraderie. A lot of see a lot of lobs throughout the game. Um, one thing that's really going to help them this year, in my opinion is, um, like last year, whenever Trey came out of the game, they didn't really have a guy to create or score. 
um, for the most part. Now they got a guy in DeJounte Murray who's not a prolific scorer, but he can at least keep them afloat and run the offense, keep them, uh, you know, relevant uh, in the game. Um, he's DeJounte Murray's got two steals a game, which has him at third in the league right now. Um, defensively, they're playing okay. Uh, Clint and John Collins both are 10th and 11th in blocks, which shows they don't really care about getting dunked on. They'll meet you at the rim, and I love that mentality. Um, they got a, a decent week ahead of them. Um, I think we mentioned in the past uh, couple podcasts that they haven't really had a tough schedule so far, but um, it looks like they're going to start playing some good teams soon and i'm anxious to see uh what they can do against better yeah. competition they were a team that i definitely wanted to watch last week because of the week schedule they had a tough week last week they went two and one though they they found their way through they navigated it well i was worried i did watch the toronto raptors game and toronto was kind of just steals out dunks like it was just they that's how toronto plays they play very in your face they're physical they're tough um Another news and note we probably should have mentioned was Pascal Siakam's going to miss two weeks. That that's something that definitely should be talked about because he has been absolutely incredible. I don't even know what is going on with him. He was playing at such a high level, so that'll be a big loss for the Raptors. But anyway, back to the the Hawks. It's they're just a very fun team to watch, and Deontay Murray has really added the element that they needed defensively. Yeah, they're not going to be the best defensive team, but when you have Trey Young on your team. And with him on the floor as much as he usually is, I think that speaks in its own right. Deontay Murray's coming in. He's averaging 22-8. and eight. He's playing really well in transition. Hit a crazy tough shot to put the game into overtime last night, giving them everything that they could have wanted uh, out of that transaction. Mike, what are your thoughts on the Atlanta Hawks? Yeah, I'm with you guys, too. I, I do like the Hawks a lot. I think they have a pretty good, almost like sneaky good uh, roster. I know losing... Oh, I'm losing his name now. Who am I trying to think of? What? Oh, Gallinari. Sorry. Yeah. No, I completely blanked. I know losing Gallinari kind of was a big hit for them, but uh, having uh, Murray in that lineup really does help. I go back to kind of the, the game against the Knicks, I believe, last Wednesday. And, of course, I think the game was in New York. Um, and Trey Young is a certified killer in New York against the Knicks. But he did not have a great shooting game that game and only ended with 17 points. DeJounte Murray ended with 36. And I think, are you going to get that from him every night? Are you going to get 25 from him every night? Probably not. But I, I think that's just really good to, that's just good evidence that, hey, if Trey does kind of have a really bad shooting night, that there is that potential for Murray to give, you know, like give some. Uh, a lot of offensive input. You're not going to expect it. It's not like a, if a Steph had a a bad shooting night, then Clay's going to take over. I wouldn't call it to that degree, obviously. But it, you know, it's good just to have another guard that you can rely on um, if when you need it. And of course, you guys touched on the, the defensive element as well. So uh, I do like what the Hawks are doing early on this year. That, like I said, they kind of have a sneaky good uh, uh, roster there. That I'm not sure if it often gets talked about. Definitely doesn't get talked about enough. They're six and three. They're in one of those top spots in the East. And that's all you can do. You can go out and you can play and you can win. And then, you know, at some point people have to start giving your team new expectations. I'm not sure I'm ready to do that with the Hawks. Still want to see them get a little more battle tested. But that being said, this is my takeaway from last week. It's Russell Westbrook and his new role coming off the bench. The Lakers went two and one last or two and one in last week. He had 18 and eight, eight against the Nuggets. He had 13-9-7 against the Pelicans. Both those games they won. And then he had a game-high 28-6-3 against Utah. This guy's just found his passion again, and I know he's been getting a ton of slander, but him embracing this new rule is going to give such a huge boost for the Lakers because this is what they need off the bench. If Russell Westbrook isn't on this bench, that bench is one of the worst in the NBA. Russ gives them life. They have a couple of shooters that play off the bench in Austin Reeves and Matt Ryan, which Matt Ryan may have saved the Lakers' season. Um, I know it's crazy to say that this early in, but if they don't make that three and we're talking about one in seven, it's I think there's just so many different ways that could have spun out of control. Um, I'm just really excited to see Russ back to being who he is, uh, kind of getting the haters off him, 
kind of embracing this new rule because I honestly didn't think he would embrace the new rule. I thought this was going to be the start to something really bad with Russ and I just was, I had my concerns with Russ, but uh, I really like that he's back and I like the way he's playing with this bench unit. Mike, what are your thoughts on Russell Westbrook and the Los Angeles Lakers here? Yeah, I think you make very good points there. I think this should have been done earlier, if not maybe even at some point last season, but and I'm not here to slander uh, Westbrook anymore, but I think they really had to kind of balance out this man's like ego and the the dollar signs attached to his name that, oh, can we, can he really come off the bench for us? Well, at the, at the end of the day, you're here to win basketball games. And if uh, a past superstar of Russell Westbrook needs to come off the bench, then he needs to come off the bench to win games. And that's just that. And I'm glad, like you said, that he has accepted that and that he's kind of early on uh, really coming into his own in that, uh, in that role. Let's just hope he can keep it consistent and that there's not any, I guess, further ego issues down the line. And I'm not saying there will be, of course, but I think that definitely did play a part early on to why they didn't um, may- maybe make that move earlier. Of course, there's rosters, uh, like other players and roster uh, rotations to kind of figure out too. But yeah, I-, I think I like what I'm seeing early on from him and the Lakers in general. I think I, I just saw a quote from uh, Anthony Davis, and I don't have it word for word, but basically that and on any given night, we can explode and and kind of go out and, and beat any team. And I need a little more proof to really buy into that. But if, if this thing and this rotation and Westbrook coming off the bench continues to work, then, yeah, I might buy into that. But, yeah, overall, I'm liking what I see early on. I think the big thing with Russ, too, and talking about rotations is I've noticed that him and LeBron aren't necessarily on the floor as much together, which is probably a good thing. Um, LeBron's had kind of a slow shooting start. He hasn't been doing, he hasn't been finishing around the rim. Just a lot going on in LA with those two. They don't, their games just don't necessarily fit. And that's kind of the issue, right? So um, Jamie drops from the call. Um, not sure what's going on with him, but we will roll into your takeaway from we or from this past week, Mike. I am going with a team we all know and all have had many conversations about to start. Uh, is the Golden State Warriors, fellas? These guys are hurting right now. I don't know what is going on, but they are 0 and 5 in their last uh, five games, including losses to Charlotte, Detroit, and Orlando. Now it's the NBA, as we said. Everybody's entitled to drop one against. Um, whoever they are, there's talent spread across the league, but for a, what do I want to say? A defending champion to pretty much keep their same lineup to go out and lose to teams like Charlotte with no uh, LaMelo ball, Detroit and Orlando. I, I think that is not good. These guys are zero and six on the road. Now I will give them, not a break, so to speak, but they did play, I, I think, just five games, uh, five away games in a row, which is kind of wild. But they're, like I said, 0-6 on the road, which I think is the worst uh, record for a defending champion uh, in NBA history. I don't know what it is. I don't know if they can't play, get up and, and play away. I don't know if it's the traveling. I don't know. Like I said, a few games a few away games uh, stem together here. Maybe that kind of plays into it. They get tired, fatigued. Okay. But Oh, and six can't happen. They are allowing the most points against them um, in the league at 121. They are awful defensively. They have a defensive rating of 106, 116, which I believe means the most points per 100 possessions, um, which is 28th in the NBA. So nearly dead last Steph leads them. And Steph, I think is having a, an overall pretty good year because he is averaging 31, which leads the team, of course, uh, 6.8 assists, which again leads the team, but also he's averaging seven boards, which again leads the team. And so I'm wondering if like, what's, what's going on here that there's not somebody else getting more rebounds than Steph. I, I don't know. It seems like he is, carrying a lot of weight for this team right now. Clay Thompson's shooting 
think I saw 32% from the three. Not good there. I, I I don't know if he's now the next guy to step up. I think Wiggins and Poole are obviously your go-tos for scoring, but scoring's not their issue. They're one of the top teams in the league. They really need to buckle down on defense. And I, like I, I keep going back to 0-6 on the road is not good. And defense travels. And if you're playing half your games away and you're not good defensively to begin with, that is not going to bode well for your overall record. I think they do figure it out in the long run, but right now it's not looking good. Yeah, I think a big part of concern with the Golden State Warriors is their bench. It's just not as solidified as we've known it to be. That They're running young guys with Kaminga and Wiseman. I have my concerns with both of those guys. Wiseman really, his like his box score numbers are decent, but when you watch them, man, they give up a ton of points, and he doesn't really help them defensively. Um, I'm not really sure what he's really helping them with. Now, he has to keep learning, and I, I think he can develop into like a really nice player. But Golden State's trying to win now, and he's not helping them uh, when it comes to wins and losses and all the analytical stuff. And it's just super concerning, man. Like They have all these little pieces, and they just can't – I don't know. They just have a lot of young pieces. The bench isn't as solidified as it usually is. They're relying on Steph a lot. Like I, now, they all got the uh, rest night the other night yep. uh, against New Orleans, in which they lost. But I mean, I, I don't know, man. There's just uh, they got to figure out that bench, and I, there's just there's there's real concerns to be had with Golden State. I, I think we can sit here and give them the benefit of the doubt because of who they are. If this wasn't the Golden State Warriors, everyone is overreacting. Uh, if it was any other team, and you know, maybe we should probably take this a little more serious instead of instead of saying, hey, it's the Golden State Warriors. They're going to figure this out. Again, Jamie is still not with us. So let's roll into our power rankings. And if he joins us, we'll get him caught up to speed here. But all right, Mike, let's roll into the power rankings. Who do, where are we starting here at five? Steve, I I, I think I, I've said this every week we've done this. I've struggled so much with this five spot. I got about four teams that could be in it, but I am going to go with the Portland Trailblazers. They did catch a win against the Suns this week. Of course, that's without Damian Lillard. Simons has been injured as well. And as you you uh, you know you spoke to us kind of off uh, off air, Jeremy Grant giving them a thirty piece like. That, that to me is a good sign that they can win and without having some of these guys and somebody else can step up. Then they, they did turn around and lose to the Suns, but um, the next night, I believe, I think that was last night. And uh, I, I just kind of like what they have going on with even without Damian Lillard. Simons earlier in the week had, I think, 31. Uh, so they're, they seem to... With all, these injuries seem to still kind of keep the ship afloat, as we, we've said. So I'm going to go with them at that five spot. They are one of the, the better defensive teams, I'll say, in terms of points scored against them in the league. I think they're at seventh with 109. So I'll go with them at that five spot. Like I said, it was tough. Yeah, the five spot's always tough, right? Because we're, there's just so many little things that could come into play here. And uh, I think I'm ready to catch some people off guard here. But it's time that we start giving this team the respect that they deserve. Do I think they're going to finish here at the end of the year? No, probably not. But it's time to start talking about the Utah Jazz as a real basketball team. Yeah. I think that they might make trades at the deadline, which could impact this team. And they might not even wait that long because they want to rebuild. But I have so much damn respect for this team, full of a bunch of veterans who are considered role players who are playing out of their mind. They're 4-2. and two. The best record in the league, or I should say the most wins in the league over teams that are 500 or better. Um, Lowry Markin is going wild, and this team deserves some damn respect. So I'm going to put that on their name right here. I, I love the way they play basketball. Lowry Markin is doing some crazy, crazy things for them. Um, and they just have a bunch of guys who play hard every single night. And I, I honestly try to watch this team as much as I can because if I know if I was a Utah fan, I would be doing nothing more than loving this especially given the start that they've had to the year. Yeah, I, uh, I'm glad you did say that because 
I don't. Maybe I'm disrespecting them by not talking about them. Maybe I'm going to be late to the game. So I'm glad that somebody is kind of giving them some props. So I yeah, like I, I hope it stays. Like I hope it lasts. This team is easy to cheer for. So much fun to watch. And you know, maybe it's because I there's a couple of ex Cavs that I enjoy watching over there. But with that being said, I have Utah five. My fourth place team is going to be the Phoenix Suns. Um, Cam Johnson goes down. Little concerning. Still the third best uh, offensive efficiency, defensive efficiency is also third. Mikel Bridges is low-key having this beautiful year. They just got DeAndre Ayton back from a sprained ankle. The Suns are just really, really good. Um, But they show us sometimes that they they take their foot off the gas and, you know, all of a sudden Portland slides in and beats you. Um, That's you know, that's just who they are, and, like, I don't like that, and that makes me a little nervous, but I do think they're the best team in the West right now, so I'm going to give them their props here at four. Who do you have at four? Steve, I think we have another case of you and I maybe just going the same, from here on out, possibly going the same uh, rankings for each uh, of the next spots, so we'll see. But I also do have the Suns at four. You said it. I, the, they are the best team in the West uh standings wise but even just kind of reading in between the lines here of personnel and, and playing style cam johnson's gonna hurt i i do expect them to feel some of that loss uh he he had the three and d guy right we'll get you a couple threes i say a couple but he could go off for seven like i think he had that the other night threes a game and we'll go out there guard one of your best players but also do the things that you might not might not come up in the uh, what do I want to say? Kind of in like this fast sheet, taking charges, diving on loose balls. Uh, re- just a really good role player, knows his role very well. So that's a big loss. But I do like the Suns uh, overall. D Book is having a great year, I think, to start. Um, unfortunate loss there. So we'll see how they hold up in the next couple of weeks. Yep. Completely with you on the Suns. Who do you have at three, Mike? I do have the Boston Celtics still kind of flowing oh, around. Oh, boy. We are running this all the way back. Go ahead. Well, great minds, right? Um, Boston Celtics are still one of the best teams uh, in the NBA. Yeah, they uh, they did catch a loss to a team that I think we are going to talk about here shortly uh, this past week, but they're still a, an incredibly good team. Um, they, they're really one of the better ones kind of, I guess, in each area, so to speak. Um, Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown, when they figure things out, they figure out well. Uh, Marcus Smart, I, 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 doing his thing, I kind of like what they're all about and what they have been about for, I guess, this year and going back to last year. Coaching thing, they, they seem to kind of buy into what's going on. Um, I'll be interested to see how their matchup with Brooklyn goes when they face their former coach, but right now the Celtics are still doing what the Celtics do. I like them at number three. Yeah, and so do I. And I think a big part of it is their style of play on offense. It's very uh, selfless. It's very get to the paint, kick, drive, kick, drive, kick. 27 threes last night just shows you how dynamic this offense can be. We already know that Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum are going to beat most people in the league off the dribble. And if they're going to show the willingness to kick it to the corner to get the next drive and kick, and if it's not the next drive and kick, it's an open three. And the way they played last night showed me a lot. And if they can keep playing that kind of basketball, they're going to be, you know, they're going to be right in the thick of it, just as they were last year. The East is really good. Um, But yeah, I mean, we know where this is headed. They're the third best team in the East, in my opinion, as of today. And yeah, they're, they're really good, man. They're going to be competing for a title again. Now, am I saying they're going to the finals? No, they, you know, that you could go to the conference finals and run into the Bucs. That's just where this, uh, the East is looking right now. With that being said, Mike, we're going to go to number two. And I'm sorry, Miss Jackson. These Cavs <laughs> are for real. Yes, sir. Seventh in offensive efficiency, second in defensive efficiency. They lead the league in point differential, and they're the second hottest team in the NBA. Man, I don't know. And obviously, you know, I, I love the Cavs. I'm a Cavs fan. I, I don't like usually like putting them up this high. This team deserves it, man. They go to Detroit and they don't have Darius or Donovan. And it's an easy it's another game in which they could just set it aside, say, you know what, it's not us tonight. And they go out and they put it on the Pistons. And the Pistons aren't a great basketball team, but they just use their size. Evan Mobley, eight blocks and no fouls. That is that that's just unheard of to have that many blocks and not to commit a single foul. 
He's an elite defender. When he was playing against the Celtics this week, he was taking away weak side, weak side. Um, he's taking away like the weak side. Just he could guard two players just by himself and uh, help defense. And Evan Mobley has a lot of Kevin Garnett defensive qualities, and that's very dangerous to say because. Uh, I'm not going to say for sure, but Kevin Garnett's probably the best defensive player ever. So if he if he if he's adding that to what they already have on offense, this Cavs team is uh, the real deal. Mike, who do you have it to? Steve, I'm not going to pepper it too much because you've you've claimed it. I got the Cleveland Cavs, Cleveland Cavs, if I could say their name correctly. I didn't. I believe going back to last week, I didn't even have them in the power rankings. I think I said I need to maybe see a little more. I've seen all I need to right now. Donovan Mitchell is playing at an MVP level. I'll say that if, in case you're not wanting to jinx anything. I think he's playing at an MVP level. Um, that's something to watch for over the rest of the season as well. This team has it all. Good shooters. Good uh, big men. Great big men, if, if I can say that. Uh, mm-hmm. Darius Garland, not to steal your thunder here you've obviously always been high on him but you've converted me into being really high on this guy too i love what he does he's he is fun to watch and he's if donovan mitchell has again has an off night darius garland here there's 23 10 assists and he could do that even with donovan mitchell scoring 25 or whatever he may be the team's a top five team defensively i i have them at number three at in terms of uh, opponents uh, scoring against them. They're holding opponents to 104 points a game, which is incredible. Again, a top, I'm forgetting what you said, but I had a top 10 offense. They're scoring about 116 a game. Like I said, this team has it all. I'm not going to, I don't need to go too much into it just because it's this is all you and you've been preaching them. And I'm glad to see them coming into fruition. Just saying, Jamie Bickerstaff, Coach of the Year Award, my early pick, looking all right right now. Yeah, I mean, I, don't, I haven't looked at any rankings lately. you got to think he's got to be up there on the uh, favorite list here, I, if not the favorite. We'll um, see, we'll see. The crazy thing is, too, just one last point about the Cavs. Darius Garland's only played five quarters of basketball. <laughs> They're seven and one. Everyone was like, oh, the Boston game, you know, Going into it, it's gonna be it's gonna be growing pains, and him and Donovan Mitchell just seeming seamlessly fit together. They both have ankle sprains, we'll see, but uh, I, I would assume they're both playing against the Lakers today, and I would love to put it on LeBron one time, no homo. Uh, Mike, the Milwaukee Bucks, we have it number one. Uh, go ahead, break it down. You got it, yeah. Milwaukee, how can we not undefeated still? Uh, the number one team defensively. In the the association here, uh, by all accounts, I guess I've looked at a few metrics here, but including just their uh, ho- what they're holding opponents to, uh, what they uh, are getting as far as rebound. They're the top rebounding team in the NBA as well. They're holding opponents uh, 101 points a game. We're going to keep saying it until this man comes back. This is all without Chris Middleton. <laughs> Their defensive like guy next to Giannis, of course. And Giannis, we're going to say it again, playing at an MVP level, I think he might be the favorite to win just going by what some sports book says. Take your own interpretation. But what's not to like about the Bucks, man? Drew Holiday has been killing it the last few games. Um, that's all I can say is, is what is not to like about this team. I think they go out and win. I think Giannis didn't even play last night. I think they played the Thunder. Uh, Brooke Lopez had a great game. I mean, they can just get it from all different angles here, uh, scoring the ball and defensively. So the Bucks, man, clear number one. Yeah, there's. I mean, there's really just nothing to say here. They're they're incredible. Like you said, they beat the Thunder. I think the Thunder are a better basketball team than people realize too. Yeah, and I will continue to mention it and mention it and mention it. Shea Gilgis Alexander is the truth. And I, I love his game. I love watching him play. Hopefully Oklahoma City lets him play a full year. They're very good at, oh, he has an injury. We're going to sit him out the rest of the year. Let this guy play, man. Let this guy bring you to where you need to go to help develop the guys. This is a very young roster. And I want to see them let him play and develop these guys. 
Can I uh, ask you a quick question? Yeah, of ranking, ranking question here. Now, I didn't have them in my top five either. What are you making of the Mavs? Are they a top 10 team? I have them at six. Yeah, I think that, the that third was the best, team I was debating. Yeah, I think they're the third best. I think they're the third best team in the West. I think Luca is about to have a very LeBronish kind of year. LeBron with the Cavs, like before he went to Miami, like those early days, where he's yep. just going to carry a not very good roster. Yeah, and this guy is absolutely incredible and deserves his cup of tea. So that's my thing with the Mavericks right now is he's doing so much. I, I think thirty six a game. I don't have it right in front of me. He's doing so much that where I, I, he is the team right now. I mean, I know Christian Wood has been very good for them. I just don't know. I, the reason why, like I, you say they're at six, and that's kind of why I am kind of going with the Blazers in, at five is that I got we, it's proven because they've done it. Jeremy Grant can give me 30. Simons can give me 30 if Damian Lillard does not give me 30. What's happening if Luca is having an off night or goes down to injury? Christian Wood can give you twenty. I got that, but after that, they're going to be really fighting for guys who's going to, who are going to score. And if he gets consistent, consistent shooters around him, that team is going to change a whole bunch because he finds shooters like you wouldn't believe around the arc. And I don't know if he has the best shooters on his team, but if he if he if they were to improve, that team is scary. So that's I just wanted to get your take on that. No, and it's it's a great point. Luke is averaging thirty six points per game, eight point eight rebounds, eight point six assists. It's it's incredible what he's doing, man, and not really that much around him. Yeah, I think it fits well with his style because he is kind of a very ISO heavy, needs the ball in his hand. But just the other night he the the between the legs and just kept going and kept going and then, you know, just hits a dirt type of shot. Like this guy's absolutely insane. Yeah, another guy that I I can just watch every single night, um, and not get tired of it because of his ability. And it's you know it's just something we're not used to seeing for a guy his age. I believe he's only twenty three years old, Mike. Like yeah, like what is the ceiling for this guy? Like nah. it's just absurd, man. Watch him now because this is something we don't want to take for granted. Because when he's out of the league, it will be you're not going to see many more like him. I don't think. No, or the way he does it. Because it. His game reminded me a lot of, like, Paul Pierce, like, takes his time but can get to a spot whenever he wants. But, like, it's just, like, that with LeBron's playmaking, with LeBron's rebounding, with LeBron's leadership. Like, it is mind-blowing that he's able to do what LeBron is doing with not nearly the athleticism. It's, it's, it's honestly insane. But let's roll into our Swish and Dish segment, Mike. We've got a couple of hot takes here. I'm interested to hear your opinion on. Um, we'll start here. Will the Bucks win 65 games or more this year? I think you have a little sports book maker in your your blood here because I think that number is like a really good number. Uh, seven, do I, so that would put them at losing 17 games. I, I'm going to swish it. Why not? I'm buying into it. I think they can. I really think they can. They've made it through nine games without Middleton. You'd figure that's roughly a, an eighth of their uh, season. Of course, they are going to drop some here and there. I don't predict them going undefeated. But I think this team really can do a lot of good things. They're another team that's just firing on all cylinders. You potentially have the MVP. The guy's a defensive juggernaut as well. You don't even have your second best option for scoring and on defense yet. Give me, give me the over. It's, I, I think it's still a little too rich for me, yeah. my guy. I get um, it. I, I, I love it. Like, hey, let's not. I'm not trying to sit here and get this twisted. Like, I, <laughs> you know, the guy is on a tear. Giannis is on a tear. This team is very deep. Um, the East is still better than I think. I think we're gonna see better play at the bottom of the East. Like when we're talking about the Heat at four and six, the 76ers at four and six, I think those teams are just better than those records. I think Toronto and Cleveland are better than we expected. Boston's still really good. I'm, I'm just excited to see what they do when they start to face the meat of their schedule. And Giannis is going to be sitting more games. Now he sat last night, but um, you know, that's just kind of where I am. I'm just not one. I'm just not going to say they're going to win 65 just yet. 
I think I need to see another month of basketball before I can get into that. Okay. What what might hurt me here is towards the end of the season, if they're like clinched and fine in their playoff spot, if they just start sitting guys and pick up a couple losses and that puts me, puts me on the under. So wait for it. It'll happen. I think, but I think, I think they can absolutely win 65 games. Um, Bud, Bud's one. He's had any of different 60 win teams in Atlanta. And this team is definitely, I think this is definitely the best Milwaukee team we've seen. Um, top to bottom. I just love the way they play, especially defensively. They're going to be getting like Joe Ingles back, Chris Middleton back, and those guys are going to start to play more. This team's very deep, and if you're deep in the East, you, you can go a long way. Um, with that being said, we're going to go into our next Swisher this year with the 76ers. Will the 76ers be a play-in team? I'm going to dish this. I, I'm, yeah, I had it in the finals. I, don't, I think that's kind of starting to fall out a little bit. I'm starting to get a little nervous about that prediction. But I want to see how they play without James Harden. And I think they could really start to find their groove here without James Harden, which I think is a good thing because if they find that they have to play faster, James Harden's going to have to understand when he comes back, we got to go. So I think if they can really start to find themselves here and Joel Embiid comes back early next week, um, they could really start to uh, find themselves. And I think that'll be a good thing, especially when James Harden gets back. Because once you see it and you know that's how it has to go, I think that's going to have to change how James Harden has been playing for the Philadelphia 76ers. Mike, switch your disc. 76ers will be a play-in team this year. Yeah, it's a good question because I think you're going to get a fair amount of people that would maybe say that they'd be a play-in team, but I'm going to dish it as well. You just said it with the Bucks. Talking about it, you think the East, we're going to really start seeing, uh, you know, these teams kind of figure things out, get the, the off-season kind of rust uh, shaken off and that they're really going to be the teams that we expected them to be. And I do think the 76ers are going to be one of those teams. I think Embiid at some point is going to flip the switch here and just dominate as he has in the years past. And like I said, just kind of a mediocre season thus far. But I think he's going to really feel that urgency. As I said, that this team really starts needs to feel the urgency. And I think he's going to start switching things. And I think if he... he Harden when he comes back and Maxi really find an equal balance amongst the three while playing defense, then that team is scary because Maxi is starting to figure some things out. I think like I I think this kid is like scary good and we're starting to see some of it and he's going to only continue to improve. So if that's true and that happens throughout the season, then I do think the 76ers pick uh, pick things up here and I think they avoid that play in tournament. I got another Twisher dish play in question here. Yep. Utah Jazz will be a play-in team. I, I think I, we go on. I wanna, I'm going to dish this. Um, I'm, I'm, in, I'm just worried that they're going to sell out and they're going to be like, no, we want the draft pick. The class looks pretty – Look, the class at the top obviously looks really good with Wembayama. Victor Wembayama, real quick, as before I make my point. Did you see the one-legged three-pointer? Oh, I did. Oh, I did. Dude, oh, my gosh. It, it, <laughs> I can't get enough. You can watch his games on the NBA app, and I recommend everyone watch every game this guy plays because he just does something unworldly every single time he plays. But back to the point about Utah, I think they're just going to want to get a better draft pick this year. And it's sad to say because this team is so much fun to watch, and I've enjoyed it, but I'm going to dish that. You're dishing because you think they will buy into – I don't want to say they're going to full-on tank, but – They're going to buy into tanking. Okay, there you are. Yep. All right. Man. Um, and if they keep the roster as constructed, they're going to be a play. They're going to be at least a play. Yeah, that's a tough one. To, I, it's tough to say because it's early and we've, I, we are pretty low on them, but they've really been kind of hooping. I, there's, listen, some teams got to, some teams can't make it. All teams can't make it. And I, I think they might fall into that category of just not making it. I don't know. I don't know if they fall on tank. I think they, I think they will go into buying into that tanking but I don't like, you know what I mean? Like, I don't know if they're going to fall on tank. I just think like, Oh, well, I don't know. Rest so-and-so here and there and this and that. I don't know. It's they're tough. They're really just a weird team right now, but yeah, I, I'll go dish. I don't think they're making it. And if we're talking about coach of the year, Will oh, Hardy. Yeah. Will Hardy has a darn good case early in the season. Yep. Next point. Next question here. The Warriors can't win a title as currently constructed. I'm gonna start with you, Mike. I'm gonna dish. I, I think. I know. I think I know what you're gonna say, so I don't want to take too much of it. But 
I'm going to dish. I mean, they just won the championship, and they haven't had... They have had a couple roster changes. Um, Juan Toscano Anderson and Gary Payton, which does hurt them. I didn't even mention Gary Payton about the Blazers, but I'll let that slide. Uh, yeah, not having those guys obviously hurts them. You would have thought having Wiseman was going to really help them out. And like you said, right now it's kind of like, what's this guy really doing for us? I still think they can as currently constructed now. Do I Do I think they're going to the finals as of today? It's, it's tough for me to say that. But like I said, I think I know where you're going with this, so I'll kind of let you take it. But I will go dish. I think they could potentially still win as currently constructed. Or at least Western Conference Finals and beat that team. They Right now, they don't stand a chance to me of, of either of those top two teams in the East. No, yeah. Uh, I don't think they can win a title currently as currently constructed, so I'm swishing this. The yeah. depth, I think the depth just shows every night. Um, they're very young on the bench. I think they need to figure out a piece or two for the bench, and that might have to uh, that might mean them giving up one of these young guys, which they don't want to do. So I'm very interested to see how Golden State kind of bridges this because it felt like when they had those bad years, they went in on guys who could be really good but may not help them today, and James Wiseman and Jonathan Kaminga. And now they're not really helping them in the ways they need. And now it's going to come down: Do you push the chips in to win this year, or are you going to keep playing for the future? All signs continue to point them playing for the future. But uh, time will tell with them. But right now, no, I don't think they can win it. And people might say that's a hot take. But, again, I think we give them the benefit of the doubt because of who they are. And I'm not saying that's a bad thing, but I'm just saying that's where we are. Uh, final final swisher this year, and this is a big one. The net should blow it up. I'm going to swish this, Mike. I think time and time again, the same the same situation happens. It's, it's the same cycle with the Brooklyn. It's. Everything is good. Something goes bad. It magically gets better. Then it goes bad. It magically gets better. And then it goes bad. The Brooklyn Nets need to start figuring out trade packages for Kevin Durant. As I said last episode, they need to figure it out, a trade a trade package that makes sense for them. Go out, get the piece, go recoup some picks, go get whatever pieces you want for Kevin Durant. And start this thing over and i hate saying that but like i said like it goes good to bad and then mysteriously good to bad and i think you want to trade kevin durant while there while his value is maximized he's going to be 34 next year one year less on his contract um and i don't think teams would necessarily see them trading him now so i think someone would try to low-key sneak in a really good offer and before the word gets out. So I'll say, yes, they should blow this up. Switch. I love just looking at this in kind of our uh, episode layout. Just the net should blow it up. Like, just, yeah, it's crazy that we're even having this conversation because go back a couple of weeks, we're saying they could potentially uh, win the title. But we also said that there's so much unknown around some of their personnel, and that has come to fruition. And I think... I, I don't know. They, whatever they think they have going on, or maybe they're, they've come to reality, whatever they think they have going on, it's not it. And if they're in actually realizing that, holy crap, we have a dumpster fire of a situation and organization going on, then good for them. But now they got to act on it. I, I think you make a good point. I don't know. What's, what's this team going to do? I, you have Kevin Durant, you have Kyrie, you have, uh, Ben Simmons. Uh, ben Simmons, thank you. you ha- I don't want to keep going to the bench guys, uh, how they have a good bench, or how they have some guys coming off injury. I don't know. I, to me, I, I will go with you. I don't, I, I'll go swish. I, I think after this year, you something needs to, some of that roster needs to get gutted. Whatever free agents you can sign uh, or have the potential to re-sign, don't do it. Just got the team if you can get some good trading pieces for kevin durant great or if you could get some vastly different personnel around him cool maybe that will give it a new look but they 
they're just so frustrating. They're so exhausting. I'll say that. That's maybe more accurate too. Like, man, every week there's something else going on. They could win three games, then lose a, I don't know. They're, whatever they got going on is just not working. Maybe Udoka switches things around. Who knows? But I'll go switch with you. And and everyone is going to make a big deal. Oh, they've won their last two games. It's all hunky-dory. And this is, this is my point. We go back through the cycle. And Kevin Durant made a... Um, I said a man, but Daniel Gafford do a split. I don't know if you saw that over the weekend. That was that was hilarious. But it, again, it's the cycle, and right now it looks all right. But let's be realistic here. They played the Washington Wizards, and they played the Charlotte Hornets without Lamelo Ball. Wherever Lamelo Ball is, no one really knows. But anyway, that being said, that'll cover it up for Swish and Dish. We'll get to our last segment here, Michael. What to watch for next week? Um, I'll actually start here. I want to see the Philadelphia 76ers. Um, I'm interested to see their pace. It's the second uh, to last in the NBA right now. So the 29th, obviously. Um, but James Harden goes down. So I'm interested to see with, if Harden's going to miss, can they play faster? Can they be more aggressive? Can Tyrese Maxey uh, continue to grow as we have saw him do so, so far? Um, but now can he be a leader and really elevate the play of this team? is going to be something interesting to watch. They obviously need to get Embiid back. I want to see Embiid back. Um, and they have a tough schedule this week. They they have the Suns on Monday. They have a home and away against the Hawks. And they got Utah. So they really need to start figuring this out soon because they're already 4-6. and six, And you have a bad week here. And we could be talking about the next coach being fired. We could have an emergency podcast next week that Doc Rivers gets fired, and I really wouldn't be that surprised. So that's who I'm keeping my uh, my eye on. Mike, who do you have? Yeah, I think they have a lot of eyes on them just with Harden being out and especially Doc Rivers. Now that I think the league, especially Philly's organization, seeing Steve Nash getting fired, maybe they're looking at old, old Doc Rivers a little more and being like, oh, maybe we should follow suit. So that is a team uh, to watch for. So I like that one. And my team kind of intertwines here with Philly. My team to watch for this week is the Atlanta Hawks. Now, I'm sad Jamie got kind of uh, booted off here for a second, but the Atlanta Hawks are playing good. We said it. We I like their roster. Uh, at least they're starting, or their rotation, so to speak. Um, Trey Young is playing pretty well. Could definitely shoot better, I think, and that's funny to say for Trey, but definitely could shoot better. Uh, but they're they're a team that's really playing well here this week tomorrow, uh, tomorrow meaning Monday on the Super NBA day they do have Milwaukee so that's a really good tester just to kind of see where they line up against that you know the, the juggernaut that is the Milwaukee Bucks uh, Wednesday they got Utah again a team that's going to be a tester because as you mentioned Utah is playing very well they're playing good basketball. Thursday they got Philly at home and then Saturday they got Philly away. And so, again, that's another top team or another solid team in the East uh, that they're really going to have to show up, show up for and and play well. And so that's uh, just a team that I think the Atlanta Hawks, that's going to be interesting to watch this this week, seeing how they go about it. If they can get a few wins here and really kind of assert themselves as, yeah, we are one of the better teams in the East. So that is my team. I got the Hawks. Yeah, good pick. I, that's what I was watching last week, and it, I know you will. Like, when you actually watch them, they're a lot of fun to watch. So, you know, the East is fun this year, man, and they're 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 a big part of reason why the East is fun this year. Mike, with that being said, man, um, let's get your final thoughts on this episode. Did we miss anything you wanted to talk about? I mean, we we covered a lot. Uh, we, kind of, we covered a lot of different bases, I think. So uh, is there anything you're missing out on? No, I think we got it all. I think we're going to – this is just something we're going to say week to week is that the past week has just been an interesting week. We learn a lot. We learn about individual players. We learn about teams. Uh, yeah, and each week has had some nice surprises and some uh, some big news to it so far earlier in this uh, NBA season. So, no, I think we covered most of it. I'm sure next week there will be obviously topics to talk about, but no, I think – this episode is uh, very detailed and a good one. Yeah, it's um, like I said, man, I feel like we're so much further than our third, fourth week into the NBA here. 
and we're at, we're not. I mean, that's just where we are. I feel like, oh man, I just feel like my mind's like blowing up during the week. I'm like trying to watch so many different games. It's so much fun though. And hey man, I definitely do not want to rush this NBA season by because the parody is at its peak right now. Um, we have a lot of pretenders playing as contenders. We have a lot of contenders playing as pretenders. Who knows, man? Like, who knows? At some point, this is all going to start to get a little more real and a little more real, and that's the beauty of the NBA. So as we uh, get out of here, Mike, uh, any final comments? Uh, any final comments? Just kind of reiterate, huge NBA day tomorrow, tomorrow, Monday. Uh, thank you to all the veterans, of course. Steve, thank you. Just another good uh, episode, and thank you to all the supporters. Uh, keep spreading that word. We really enjoy uh, you guys listening and giving us feedback, of course, as we say every week or every yeah every week. So uh, keep it rolling, man. We're having fun, and I'm enjoying it. So thank you. Unfortunately, we lost Jamie um, due to internet connections. We are obviously hoping we can figure that out as we move forward here. Um, with that being said, final comments here, guys. You guys have been incredible. We can only ask that you guys continue to follow, you guys continue to support, and you guys continue to spread the word. Um, I have seen a few people share this on Facebook. We can't thank you guys enough. Every time you guys do that, if there's a great opportunity that's bringing in a, per, a person or two, we see it uh, reflect on our end. So if you continue to do so, we really appreciate it. Final word here, happy Veterans Day. Um, Thank you again to all the veterans. We say that as a podcast. Um, we we are grateful for everything you guys do. And with that being said, peace out. Thank you for listening to the Nothing But Net NBA podcast. Be sure to like and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. Nothing But Net.